Hey guys, welcome to Dragon's Voice podcast, and I have got a very special guest here today with the Connect. The records are just—it's—it's it's a one big shopping list, and this man has done it all. He's won the Welsh Cup, he's won the Welsh Premier League title, he's done Golden Boots, he's won—he's gone to Norway, won the league there, he's for fifteen clubs. He's a Welsh Premier League Hall of Famer, and it's none other than Mark Lloyd Williams. Mark, how are you doing, pal? Yeah, not so bad, thanks. Enjoying a bit yeah, of the best fight on the football. Are you keeping in this lockdown, pal? Yeah, it's a bit different, isn't it? But, you know, it should be close season by now. And um, it's just a shame that, you know, the football season didn't get to finish, you know, especially for the Welsh Premier League clubs. So I think it would have been exciting uh, end to the season with TNS and Connors Key, but you know uh, what's happened happened, and people just got to get on with it. <laughs> well, for this podcast, we're going to go back uh, for your career, and it's it's absolutely amazing what you've in football, especially in Wales as well. You know, you've won the Welsh Premier League title three times, uh, twice with TNS. Am I right? And once with Bangor. Yeah, with Bangor in 94, 95, and then with TNS in 2005 and 2006, I think it was. Yeah, and you've got, you've won the Welsh Cup twice, you've won Golden Boots uh, twice, you've won the Norwegian First Division once. Um, I could go on and on. I mean, you've been a high school scorer in all of Europe with 47 goals. This one really surprises me when you're the highest goal scorer in Europe, not because, I mean, anyone could do uh, on a record but it seems to me from what I'm looking when I dug deep into the research no one gave you any recognition for it because of the coefficient of uh, Wales Welsh football where the, the the ranking is so low that you didn't get recognition that you should have were you disappointed that you didn't get any recognition or were you just happy that you got the goals for the season in 2001 and two season yeah well it was a bit of both really um you know, the rules are there from the start of the season. It's like anything, um, you know, at the start of the season, it hadn't crossed my mind. Um, you know, I think it happened back in 94 when my strike partner, Dave Taylor, he'd won the Golden Boot um, that year. I think he scored 42 or 43 goals that season. And, you know, there was a, the media euphoria around that when David won it. And I think that's when they changed the rules because I think it, they okay. didn't see the Welsh Premier League as a big fish, um, so they would prefer someone of, you know, Premier League, Spanish League, Italian League, or the Bundesliga. One of the players playing in that in their competitions to be the prize winner and be the top scorer um, in Europe. So they changed as they do with the European rankings with the clubs, um, obviously going on coefficients and you know as um, I think in my year. Um, in 2001, and again in 2004, five, I think it happened as well. Um, when I was at TNS, I think you know, there's someone from Portugal, Brazilian lad from Portugal, wasn't it? Um, playing for Sport in Lisbon. Um, so his goals counted one and a half times mine. Um, and I think in 2004, five, I can't remember who won it that year, Henri or someone, I think, won it that year. That, um, you know, his, his goals were twice counted you know twice as much as uh, minded so it's disappointing but I think you know same what happened when Dave Taylor had it myself um, it brought brought a bit of profile media profile to the league which is good and you know 
gave the league some, you know, worldwide publicity. So going on to you um, with your career, then I mean, you started with um, Puff Mad Dog. Um, you made in roughly in total about seventy-five appearances, and you scored roughly around about twenty-eight goals, probably if not more. Um, what was it like starting playing football, uh, especially for Puff Mad Dog? You know, getting your senior career going. Um, you know, I, I started, you know, with my village club, Sam Madison, you know, Sam Puff, um, prior to signing for Puff Mad Dog, it was. I think the Cymru Alliance had just started, I think it was 89-90, something like that. Um, and then I signed for Miller Rowan and Porth Maddog then the year after. And, you know, I think a couple of years later, the Welsh Premier League kicked off. And, you know, at, from probably senior level, you know, national leagues, it would have been Porth Maddog I did, you know, start my, my career with. And, and I think it was only 19 at the time when the League of Wales started. Um, so it was exciting. But I'd initially signed for Bangor back in uh, in '92, um, but because initially they wanted more local players. But then, as the pre-season came to an end, more of the experienced players from you know the Northern Premier League came over, and you know some of the local lads were weren't utilised. So then, you know, th- thank thankful for Mealy Rowan for you know coming back in for me, and you know I signed. I think I missed missed the first game. Uh, the Welsh Premier League. I think that was the only game I missed in until I signed for Stockport in '95. Um, and you know, I was grateful for Mailer for you know, even though I'd left Porth Maddock in the close season, that he was happy and gave me the opportunity to play in the in the League of Wales at such a young age. So, do you, with um, with because when I'm looking through your record, your senior career, the amount of uh, clubs you played for in Wales. Um, going on from Portsmouth to Bangor City in '94 and '95. Um, this is the first of many, many times uh, you've gone on to play, <laughs> play for Bangor. I remember, I remember reading reading it and I'm just thinking, God, this man definitely loves Bangor. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he definitely loves Bangor. Come on. <laughs> but then it could be the same with me and Barry. If I was a player, I'd probably never leave um, Barry alone. But uh, but you are. Without a doubt, a Bangor City or Bangor legend to to the club and to the fans of Bangor. You know what was it like playing for? Because they said you were born in Bangor, but you grew up in Llanberis. Um, But what was it like playing for Bangor City back in the the nineties, or just going back and forth? You know, round about the times where you were playing for the club. Yeah, I think you know that first season. I think I, I was a bit sceptical of signing back for them as such um, for Nigel Atkins, but. You know, the way Nigel Atkins, you know, sold the club to me and sold his vision of where he wanted to go, where he could see me going. Um, and I think it, it helped at that time as well that they qualified as champions. They were in Europe. And at that time, you had to have so many Welsh-born players playing uh, in European mm. competitions. So it kind of helped me get into the first team, even though I'd performed... You know, for for Madog the previous season uh, did well. You know, for, for the for Miller, um, that season, so I was conf- more confident in my ability of going, you know, to a to the champions um, and you know getting getting a taste of European football and you know and that was the carrot really European football and the chance because of the Welsh born players they had to utilise that that gave you you know take your chance if, if to you then you know if you don't take it then it's your own fault so 
you know, I grasped that opportunity with with both hands. And you know, in those days, I think Bangor were getting, you know, because they were champions, 13, 14, 1500 people, you know, through the gates every Saturday afternoon, come, you know, whatever weather we had, and you know that, and it was a great atmosphere, and you know, great to be part of the, you know, the time successful club, and you know, we we. I still say to this day that that is probably one of the best teams that Welsh Premier League has ever seen. You know, I agree with you there because uh, from, I mean, as much as, you know, I mean, I'm from the South and obviously you're from the North and everything. You Sometimes you get that rivalry, you know, between the North and the South. But when when Barry first returned to the, the Cymru Premier, as it's now called, you know, I was, I didn't care about TNS. I didn't care about the other clubs. All I cared was like bangers. Like, that's the club I want us to see play. Because, I, I, you hear the stories, and because for me personally, I started uh, watching Barry when they, they were, uh, you know, they were going down, you know, down under, you know, it, it was all going wrong. But you know, cl- seeing it climbing back up, and you feel that nostalgia, and seeing, you know, Barry Vibanga, I thought it was amazing. But I, 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 I want to talk to you as well about the supporters of Bangor City because um, uh, when I first went to watch Barry Vibanga. Um, the away support was phenomenal when they came to Jenna Park. But when I came to their ground, which not their, their ground, it was in Nantporth or something like that, their, their new one. I, I feel so sorry for the Bangor supporters. Um, but when I went to their ground and there was not much fans there, I was disappointed. Well, I wasn't disappointed with the supporters. I think I was disappointed with the club itself. Um, it, how do you describe back then when the supporters, you know, when you had a thousand people, or if not more, come in and just chant your name and everything, what was that like for you with the Bangor supporters? Yeah, you know, you're going on to Nampoth now, I think, you know, because they didn't replicate, you know, you had the terracing behind the goals, you know, the roof, you know, the way the roof was behind Farrow, then, you know, that captured the noise, so there's a lot more noise coming out, and, you know, the atmosphere was great, and, you know, the ground was a bit of a you know, slope going from, you know, far road down towards the other end. So, you know, that was, so you get used to playing. But I think, you know, Nampot's a you know, lovely facility. But I don't think the club have ever replicated the atmosphere that they had in Farrow Road. Um, you know, I think a lot, initially when, they, you know, they, they won the league, um, I think the last season they were at Farrow Road and they were hoping that they could, you know, re-replicate that, the atmosphere and uh, what they had in Farrow Road, which is a shame that, you know, they couldn't do that because, it's too open, so there's not mm. enough enclosed spaces within, you know, within the new stadium. And I, I know the supporters club tried to raise money and tried to get a, you know, terrace in and a roof and just to get a bit more of an atmosphere and a bit more of a far road feel to it. And you know, it's it's a shame that's not happened. You know, but going back to the mid nineties, you know, it was, uh, you know, into Cardiff, Cumbrian were the ones, you know, down south you were um, fighting against for for the league. Cumbrian were only the first year. Then you had into Cardiff. You know, they were decent outfits. I think they finished second or third what, a couple of years in the run. And, you know, Barry came into it then towards, you know, the late, sort of the late 90s and, um, you know, early 2000s. And, you know, when we're, you know, back and forth in playing for Bangor, you know, the Barry-Bangor games were, you know, good because they were full-time at the time. Um, you know, they were, you know, entertaining and um, competitive matches. Yeah, there was. Uh, I always uh, go back. One of my, even though I, I didn't turn up, uh, the, one of the matches I always watch on the in the archives of uh, Barry and everything is the 
2002 Welsh Cup final uh, between Bangor and, and Barry. Yeah, I, I love it though. It's, a, it's not because Barry won. It was just because I, I looked at it. I went, I wanted to be there because you had John Charles who was going to hand the, tr- the cup over to either Bangor or, or Barry. But it was just the supporters, you know, the energy, the, the, the match itself. You know, it was just phenomenal just to see that happening. I mean... And then seeing Hugh Griffiths go, but I didn't realize Hugh Griffiths scored that goal until because I, I didn't even recognize him until uh, I, I watched well, the game. It was on a Friday. Yeah, well, he was he was watching. I watched the game on the Friday. Then the following day, I think we went up away to Catherine Druitt. and I went, "Why does Hugh look familiar?" I went, "Why does he look?" For-? I went, "Oh, he's the guy who scored that goal." Oh, it was it was amazing. It was just to feel that nostalgia and just see that happening. You know, that t- towards the. Um, coming towards the game and everything. And, uh, but I want to uh, talk to you about, you know, when you were with Bangor, of course, you saw a lot of success there with the club and everything. But when, after your first um, spell with Bangor, you moved, you were transferred to Stockport County. Um, they were in the second division at the time and you made a few appearances and everything. What was it like to play in a, in a different league uh, instead of being in the League of Wales, as it was called then? Um, yeah, you know, it's fantastic, you know, because growing up as a child, that's the only thing you want to do is be a professional footballer. Um, and I thought my time had gone, you know, um, I think I'd been on trial to West Brom, you know, at the end of my final season, I put off my dog for a, a couple of days. Um, and then I'd been told them um, halfway through that season with Bangor uh, for a couple of weeks. And um, I think it was Graham Sharp as manager at the time, who incidentally took over Bangor then. Um, a couple of years after, but I thought nothing old them, and then it was just sort of deadline. I think it was deadline day um, in '95, the week before. I was supposed to go to Hereford, but my employees wouldn't let me go. They wouldn't let me have the time off um, on loan. No, on loan. Sorry, on trial. So you know, I kicked up a first on that one. But then Stockport came in with a firm offer and the contract. So I just went in the following morning and said I'm off. <laughs> Which, to be fair, you know, the, the, the guy in charge, I was working at the Welsh office at the time in Carnarvon, and he said, yeah, fine, you know, good luck. So, uh, you know, thankful to him for letting me, release me from my employment at that time. But, you know, it was fantastic. It took, you know, because it was the end of the season. It was an ideal time because, you you know, you had six weeks to bed in, you know, get to understand full-time football, you know, uh, full-time life training every day. Um, and then because three or four of us were new to sort of, or young, you were young lads as well, you know, new into the game, you know, with the goddess in, then over the summer, three days over the summer, you know, to improve our strength, cardiovascular fitness and stuff. So, you know, that helped. But because they had, you know, decent strikers at the club, um, and because I was left footed, you know, I mainly played for them either as a left winger, left midfield, and, you know, towards the end from October onwards, um, for nearly full season, I was playing at left back, um, which I enjoyed. Um, you know, I played a handful of games for the first team at left back, and um, you know, playing the bench. You know, I think my first game as left back was at the bench, and you know, it was a a bit odd playing, you know, first team football, in you know, in League One as a as a left back. But you know, I you know, I enjoyed my time, and you know, and uh, didn't get that opportunity as a striker. As I wanted, I was scoring goals when I was playing as a striker for the reserves. But you know, because of 
you know, Alan Armstrong had a good career in the Premier League and, and the Championship. Um, Ian Hellwell, Andy Mutch came in, you know, Honor Andy Mutch and Steve Bowles' partnership at, you know, at Wolves. So, you know, there was experienced players there and you know, it was hard to break in. You know, that, that team is a striker. Um, you know, Eddie Mike came in from Manchester City. So, you know, they see me more as a, you know, left-sided midfielder, winger, stroke left-back. Um, so, you know, again, it's opinions of managers. And Dave Jones, the ex-Carish manager, was a manager at the time. And, you know, I'm grateful he gave me my professional debut. And, um, you know, things didn't work out uh, for one reason or another there. And, you know, you just got to move on. Um and um, but you know, enjoyed my time as a professional footballer. Didn't achieve what I, you know, as much as I did in the Welsh Premier League. But you know, at the end of the day, I think yeah, that's probably what your level is. Yeah. Well, I've, when you you went on loan there and you found success in Norway when you went to uh, Hogesund, um, how did that transpire then? How did the loan move? Uh, sort of came to fruition and uh, how how did the process go and what was your experience like in Norway? Um, it came out of the blue. I, just had, I think I had a phone call. I think it was off Dave Jones or the system manager saying that you fancy going unknown to Norway as a striker. I thought, oh, um, you know, uh, over the summer. So I thought I was out of contract anyway end of that season. And I thought, yeah, I might as well give it a go. And they said, we'll give you a contract when you come back. Um, so I thought, yeah, you know, they must see something in you. So, you know, obviously went over, I think it was beginning of May, and it was a culture shock. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, with the, not so much the, the country, because you've been brought up in Wales and, you know, quite rural. Um, you know, the transport links where you had to get a plane, ferry, car, bus, you know, <laughs> nothing was quite straightforward um, going there. But it was just, things didn't quite you know, go to plan there, but because again, it came in there and the striker was just scoring goals because the top of the league scoring goals and, you know, it, it is hard to, to, to break into to teams who are successful and, um, but you know, again, it's experience, you know, the experience mm-hmm. held me in good stead and, you know, again, the contract they had from Stockport wasn't the best when I come back and, you know, shook hands on the left and, you know, and that's it, I thought, you know, couldn't get another club, uh, went on trials a couple of places, but couldn't get a club, so I thought, that's it, you know, professional career over, um, and then went back to Manga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there was, was, um, was two clubs, in, it was in 1996, I know you had a, a couple of games with, uh, was it Altrincham, and then there was uh, Colwyn Bay, yeah. and funny enough with Colwyn Bay, because they, they're now back in the, in the Welsh League, but what was, what was your opinion, though, on the matter with Colwyn Bay, been in the English league at the time, and especially now that they're back in the the, the Welsh league. Yeah, I think for enough, I think I'd gone to Altrincham. I think I played for a month for Bangor and I went to Altrincham because I lived in Manchester at the time. And things didn't work out at Altrincham. Um, was there for a month, so I thought I ah, forget this. So I was going. I was thinking of packing up football, um, and then my mate said, "Well, why didn't you come and play for us on a Sunday morning?" So I just enjoy football and, you know, so I, I don't think I'd played for about a month until Colin Bay came in, but I started enjoying football again, playing Sunday mornings, scoring goals, you know, um, and just having fun. And, you know, uh, Bryn Jones for me, do you want to say, you know, 
We're in the FA Cup. We've got Wrexham in the FA Cup. You know, great um, place for you to showcase your talent. And, you know, I played for, I think I played for Colin Bay, you know, for about three or four months. Um, but then at that time, you could sign second forms for another club. Um, so Colin Bay, I think there was, at the time, there was, I don't think there was a conference north. So the next step was the conference. So because Merth, I think Merth were in the conference at the time, um, it was, um, so the next step was the conference of the Northern Premier. So there wasn't that much of a, a leap for Colin Bay to get up towards the Football League. Um, it's only two divisions. Where now, you know, where they were, probably three or four divisions before they got to League League Two. So a much harder task. So, you know, I am I am glad in a way that you know they have come back last year. You know, they've done well. They've got a, you know fantastic facility, and um, you know I just wish Merth would uh, would follow suit because I think Merth would be you know a very good addition to um, to the Cymru, Cymru leagues and you know. With the history and also, you know, the facilities they got there at uh, Penn and Darren Park. So after Cohen Bay, you you returned to Bangor City. Uh, don't know how many well, times. Well, I nearly now. signed for Carnarvon. Oh, I nearly signed. Oh, I think I was at Cohen Bay, and because you could sign two forms, so I could yeah. sign for another club in Wales. So Carnarvon came in for me and asked me if I wanted to sign for him, and I think we were arguing over a tenner. Because I was travelling from Manchester, I need another. And then um, Bangor got wind of it. They offered me, and then the first game for Bangor was at Carnarvon on a midweek. Okay. Um, so, so I think I scored four that night. So what um, is what it described to me? Sorry, sorry to cut you off there. Um, really cut people off then, but I really want to know what is the the. the the rivalry like between Bangor and Carnarvon, it must be tense. It must be, you know, somewhat toxic if you get the different, you know, Carnarvon supporters and Bangor supporters in one ground, you know. I mean, explain to me what, what it's like to have those two teams play against each other. Yeah, it's quite feisty. Um, I think the supporters get up for it as well. Um, I think, you know, back in the 80s, um, you know, when they were playing to the Northern Premier League, um, you know, there were... Uh, Few scuffles, I think, um, on the terraces and you know, um, in the streets and stuff. But you know, doing the Welsh Premier League games, you know, there were you know, great games, great atmosphere. Um, you know, like the Canaan fans chicken chips at you from behind the goal, and um, you know, because I lived in if you look at it in between Canaan and Bangor, um, Canaan be more a well speaking town and. You know, from a group of friends, that's where we used to go drinking at, on a Saturday night in Carnarvon. So it was, uh, used to still get some stick, you know, the weekend as well. Um, but, you know, they were great games. And because you knew a lot of the Carnarvon people anyway, because, you, you know, you were going out there on weekends, you know, it wasn't too bad. But, you know, the rivalry, you know, was great. I think I remember Boxing Day games and uh, were fantastic, um, you know, to play. And, you know, um, I'm glad to see that they are, you know, Doing well again, and you know it's good for the for the area that there is a you know club in the Welsh Premier League doing doing well this year. So, with the with your a couple of years spell with Bangor City, I think it was in ninety six and ninety eight. Uh, you moved on then to Halifax, then uh, if that's right. Um, you spent roughly a season there, and then you've gone on to York City. Now I'm looking at York City, right, and it says 
on the information I was getting, uh, I was trying so much just to get so much stuff before not cocking up or anything. But it said that he went York City in 1999. And I went, okay. Then it said York City again, 99 to 2000. What, what was happening in, in the late 90s? What was happening in 1999? Did you just only, was, did you sign a contract that was only a couple of months? No, I don't, I don't think well, that's, I think um, I went to Halifax again, you know, I left Bangor. I think most of the squad left when the, the Welsh Cup against Connors key on penalties and then there was an issue in terms of bonuses or they weren't giving us the bonuses that we, that we promised if we went into Europe. So I think every player about one who's at university left the club. Graham Sharp left the manager. Um, so I just, because I was in Manchester, I just phoned up a few clubs on there asking for a trial and, you know, Halifax just gone up from a conference. <clears throat> They'd come up 20 minutes down the road, so in pre season with them, scored a few goals for the reserves and, you know, signed. So I think the, when York bought me, I think again, not far from deadline day in March, and, you know, I signed a three and a half year contract. So I don't know where they've had, you know, a spell just for. I think a lot of people thought it was a loan till the end of the season and then a contract, but, you know, I think it was a foot, there was no loan, uh, loan deal. It was straightforward transfer. Um, in, to York and again you know unfortunate you know change of manager halfway through the contract and you know people got different philosophies different opinions about they want to play and I didn't fit into you know the new manager's um, style of play and you know I, I don't think I played from about February March till about the following December so which is a bit um, it was a bit strange training every day but just playing the odd game here and there for the reserves. So you've returned to Bangor again, uh, probably for the third time uh, in the early 2000s, so 2000 to 2002, and I already mentioned the 2002 uh, Welsh Cup final. Um, a lot of people say it was the best time for you as a player because you've made you scored more goals than you made appearances. I think, uh, if I got it right, it's like 58, um, no, sorry, uh, 50 appearances and then scoring 68 goals or probably a lot more if you add in the Welsh Cups, the Cup tournaments, you know, etc. Um, going back into your third spell with Bangor, would you say that's the, the best time for you or would you say uh, a few years later down the line with TNS or going back a few years was the best time for you? Well, what would you say was the best time for you as a player? Um, you know, I think that season, you've got to say it was that season. Um, you know, the when I came back, I think came back along with the Christmas time, January time. Um, you know, again because I hadn't played for a few months, took time to, to bed in, and once I got got going again, um, I think I scored about you know, five and twenty goals back end of that season, and then you know to, to keep Bangor up in the league because you know um, they were in the relegation zone when I got there, and you know we, we dragged ourselves out. You know we had Rodri Giggs playing, we had uh, Wes Brown playing. You know, for the Zoe, we had good players playing, but we weren't winning any games. And I think, you know, as soon as we start winning one or two, you know, we're on a run and, you know, we we kept, we stayed up. And then Peter Davenport came in as a manager and, you know, he brought a few players in, Simon Davis for one, through Priestley Keeper, you know, Hugh signed, um, you know, Swansea manager, Coops, he was already there. You know, so we had, I don't know, why Tudor Jones was coming up as, um, you know, young 16-year-old, so, you know, we had uh, a good nucleus of players and, 
I think when I've been successful in scoring goals, I think the, the managers, you know, has played a, an attacking formation. You know, with Nigel Atkinstein, four four two, same with Graham Sharp, same with Peter Davenport, and you know, and I've been fortunate enough to have good strike partners as well. You know, Frank Mottram, you know, in the 94, 95, Ken McKenna, you know, 97, 98, and then, you know, I think the best of the lot, Paul Roberts, you know, in that season, um, you know, did so much, you know, as a strike partner. Um, and, you know, got to be grateful. And, you know, the service you were getting from the flanks was unbelievable. I know you got to put the chances away as well, but, you know, um, it's a strike you the first morning if, Balls on came into the box, and you know they weren't they weren't shy. Came into the box. Um, <laughs> to be fair, so you know I've been fortunate enough to have played with good players that have been putting you know decent service in, in, into the striker. You know what? I I have to say this now because uh, I keep saying this when I look into the research and everything. You have played international football for, for Wales B, but for the life of me, why? I mean, even when Bobby Gould was Wales manager, you know, and he called up Gary Lloyd when Gary was playing for for Barry Town, you know, but how did you not get a call up for Wales? I mean, if I was manager, I would have picked you straight away. I don't care what league it is. If you're scoring the goals and you're doing it, I go, no, pick him. I mean, you're one of those players who probably gone, who's, who's got the it factor to go and represent Wales at senior level. And, you know, could probably, hopefully, even if it was just like five caps or less, let's go and score goals. So, I mean, did did, did you ever get a call-up? Not like a call-up for Wales, but was there any consideration for you to play for Wales in senior level? Or was it, uh, was you like a favourite? Was there any rumours? I mean, was there anything at all? Uh, no, I think, you know, growing up, that's if you, know, you want to play for your country and, you know, be international, you know, senior international um you know, Simon Davis played, you know, Peter Brewer went to Tottenham and Fulham. Um, Rob Page was playing, uh, you know, in our squad. Uh, Gary Lloyd was in our squad as well. From Barry, I think he's the only one in our squad that was not with a, a football league club. Um, you know, as a football league club in League Two at the time at Halifax, you know, we had, you know, you had Kurt Nogan as well. She was banging the goals in a Preston at League One. They were top of League One. You had Craig Bellamy at Norwich. You had Ewan Roberts at Norwich. I think Mark Hughes was uh, still playing at the time, Dean Saunders, you know, so you had players, you know, that calibre. Uh, and I'm just, you know, Nathan Blake, you just mentioning, you know, those names. And as a striker, you know, in the 90s, you know, it's hard to get in, you know, any Welsh team, I'd imagine, no matter who you were. Um, but no, I, I never, you know, you dream of playing for your country. Um, but, you know, I was so chuffed of, you know, starting that Welsh B game against Northern Ireland at the race course and, you know, you know, when that game and even Williams he was another one from Barry that was in the squad and, you know, he even did well scored and, you know, he got called up for, for the senior squad, which is fantastic. And, you know, again, you know, it's it's not something that you you look back on and say, should then this, should then that. You know, these nature takes his scores and, you know, if it would have happened, it'd been brilliant. You know, you, you got to look at who's in front of you as well in that queue and picking order to to get into that team. Yeah, I saw the other strikers. I still pick you, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but fuck the rest. I don't care. <laughs> um, so with with that in mind, uh, 2000 to 2002, scoring 68 goals. You scored 47 in the one season, which was a, a European record. I know we mentioned that in in the beginning. 
Um, and like you said, you know, you got the bigger leagues as well that get more recognition. Um, you went to Southport for um, for a bit, then you came back to Bangor. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you it's like when you come back, I bet you some of the locals are going, oh, where did you go this time? Really? Oh, OK. Oh, come on. Then. You know, you know, you've been, you know, it's it's um, it's still fun to see, you know, former players coming back, you know, and, you know, still doing the job, you know, and especially you because I'm looking at this now. There's no way the defenders and goalkeepers are going to stop you from scoring the goals. You come in and you score the goals, pick up a paycheck or whatever and just help the team get where they are. And, and that's it. And that's amazing. And I see Aberystwyth on the uh, on your list of careers where you played for. But I want to talk about the next club, which is TNS. And TNS, uh, you won the Welsh Premier League twice with them. Uh, you know, and they're not as the same TNS as we know today. However, you know, there's some memories here for you, um, Mark, because not only that you've been champions for TNS twice, but you've also played against the champions of Europe, which was Liverpool. Um, you know, and a lot of people don't. It's amazing how with TNS, they, they played so many clubs in Europe. And a lot of people seem to forget about the, the Liverpool one, which it should be on the top of the list. But what was that, that like for you to play against, you know, Steven Gerrard, um, Dribble Cisse, Jamie Carragher, uh, Xabi Alonso, all those players, you know, for for TNS, what was that? What was that like for you? Um, well, the first game was very disheartening because you know we played at Anfield and you know I didn't get on at all. I was on a bench and I was a bit peed off. To be fair with um, Kama Kenna, I told him that the following day. Um, but <laughs> you know, because I thought you know I scored, you know TNS got me into to win the league. Uh, as a goal scorer, because you know Barry had been in the league, Real had won it the year before. Um, you know they struggled for goals, and you know I came in. You know I, I think I signed August, but didn't start a game until September, um, and didn't sign until September on a contract. And then because he scored, you know, thirty-four goals that season, you know, won the league, and I thought, yeah, I know, you know, he, football's not on what's going on in the past and loyalties and stuff, but I thought because. I would have at least got on that pitch on that on that night, uh, being a Liverpool fan as well. And I know you don't take into account you're just a Liverpool fan, put him on that kind of thing. But you know just what I'd done for that for the club that you know uh, that previous year. But you know sentiment, there's no sentiments in football, and I've learned that over the years. And you know as you have it peed off. Um, and again, you know I didn't start the second leg over in at the race course, and I think I played about half an hour. Um, scored that game, but. It was disallowed um, oh. for offside. Still haven't seen the replay. Still haven't seen the goal on telly. Um, by all accounts, I wasn't offside. But um, again, there's no Russian linesman or no, uh, no VAR. Um, you know, in those days. So, you know, yeah, you know, it's great to be involved. You know, in games. You know, against um, Liverpool, who were champions of Europe at the time, and obviously the team I should be supporting, supported from from an early age, but. Um, you know, to train at Anfield the night before was brilliant. You know, the atmosphere was fantastic. But you know, I'll still never forget that time where you know he sat on the bench itching to get on, and um, you know, he, he don't get on, and you know that will still hurt. You know, till the day I die. Well, do you got any uh, funny? Because normally with football clubs, especially in Wales, you know, you go to the clubhouse and you have a drink or you have something to eat, anything. But do you remember anything at all? Uh, 
whatever game it was. I know um, the, the TNS couldn't play at uh, Park Hall. They had to play at the racecourse ground. But um, did, did you ever meet Gerard, Carragher, Alonso, any of those boys after the games? Or no, did you I get the I, opportunity? No, I think uh, I talked to most of them while he was warming up in both games. <laughs> I think Gerard was served <laughs> for the second game. Um, and I think Rafa Benitez was a bit miffed because he was expecting him to be as more comfortably in the first leg. I think mm-hmm. two 0 to the last minute, and Gerard scored his hat trick goal towards the last minute, and because they were supposed to be going on a preseason tour, and he was going to play the fringe players then, and you know, in the in the second leg. But because of the scoreline, he had to bring them all back. Um, so you know, but. You, know, you talk to him, you know, just on the sidelines and stuff. But because a lot, we had a lot of players from the Liverpool area who knew, you know, who knew Carragher, Gerrard, you know, which Stephen Becker played for Everton. So we've grown up, you know, same era, roughly the same age. So, um, you know, another one or two lived and, and knew who they were. So, um, no, again, that, that that's that, you know what I mean? But, you know, I think I got Milan Barros a shirt and Stephen and I think. Up in the loft somewhere. No swapping yeah, shirts. Exactly. <laughs> well, at least those two have got a European Cup, you know, Champions yeah. League winners medal. So, um... <laughs> so with, with with TNS, you scored sixty eight goals and made sixty appearances. Wow, you know, I mean, scoring goals for fun. I mean, did it did it ever get boring? Most of the times, like you're scoring goals, and you're thinking. Oh, this is easy. Just give me more money. I'll I'll give you a thousand goals if you want. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, you know, it never gets boring. Just want to score. Uh, yeah. You know, more and more. But it, you, as a striker, you've got to have the service as well. You know, so mm. um, every striker will tell you. But you know, I got a good tip off Dave Jones when I was a Stockport when I first signed. You know, he, he said you can't afford to take that extra touch sometimes in the box. Um, and then you know, not a you know, not a bad, uh, not a bad point because I remember Tony Panic, the goal I scored, you know, that won TNS the league the first time in 2005, and he said um, I was expecting to take another touch, yeah, and I because it's the first time, um, you know, and that thing said no, um, so you know, little tips like that, and you know, in my head, the dimensions of the football pitch don't change from one pitch to the other. You know, the mm. penalty box is the same size, the goal's the same size. Whether you play at Jenner Park, whether you play at Farrow Road, or you play at the Oval, you know, a park hall, you know, it was a park hall then, it was in Tans on Friday, you know, whatever pitch you play on, the penalty area is the same dimensions, the goal size is the same. So if you have an idea of where you are in around the penalty box, you know, um, those dimensions and, and size of the goals don't change, and that's what I had in my head, you know. Um, Pitch geography. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know with um, with TNS now? Um, first time in a well, first time in a long time now they've not achieved uh, a Cambridge Premier or Welsh Premier League title. Carnegie have won it. Um, obviously, the 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 way it's finished, the way it's concluded, you know, with with this current circumstances, you know, I mean, I mean, if this podcast here now, um, if we didn't have this um, uh, p- pandemic or you know, lockdown, whatever you want to call it, and everything may be possibly, I mean, I could be more than happy to go and travel to where you are and have this podcast. But um, but with for saying that, though, with Connors Key winning the title, do you think yourself, I mean, having, playing, having played for, uh, for TNS 
who have gone on a winning streak of titles and everything. Do you think you yourself, because you've wrote it in Conza, do you think it's a, a breath of fresh air to see Konski being champions instead of being TNS or even Barry that matter? Yeah, I think uh, Bang, I think it was the last team to win it um, early on in this decade and uh, sorry, the previous decade. So I think it is a breath of fresh air that there is a new team. You know, I know Mike Harris is on Twitter saying, you know, there's an asterisk by this, you call it the COVID Cup, but I think there were four points clear, six, five or six games to go. You know, I yeah. do a lot of games for Scotty or, you know, BBC and, you know, they were very strong up for Konski this year and you know, I think they only lost two games, um, you know, all season. And, you know, Andy Morrison's got a tremendous team spirit there, you know, good staff, you know, behind him. And, you know, to me, they were deserved champions and, uh, no, Mike Harris won't thank me for this, but you know it is it is good, and you need you know competition. You know, Bala were up there pushing um, as well, so you know squads are strengthening now. It's just a shame that it wasn't played out on the field. You know that I think that game a park call TNS v Konski would have been you know a fantastic game, but even if Konski would have lost that, they still would have been a point to, you know ahead of of TNS if uh, they would have won their remaining game. So. There would have been a lot of twists and turns, I'm not saying, but you know, at that stage of the season, they both played the same number of games. Konski were four points clear. You know, there's no other way of doing it. Um, you know, at the time, due to you know Welsh government guidelines, so you know, um, take my hat off to you know Andy Morrison for you know job he's done there over the past few years since he took over. Um, I think they were not far off relegation fodder at the time and you know they've been in Europe every every season you know got them into Europe last season and he's done it ever since and I'm surprised that no one's picked him up you know for his a for his experience the way he goes about yeah. doing his job um from a football league club do you know what it was it was funny though because when Wrexham needed a new uh, new manager I think Sam Ricketts left I think if I think it was Sam Ricketts or it could have been before him but um, the, it, Wrexham were looking into Welsh league managers and the top three managers that were favourites to take over Wrexham were Gavin Chesterfield, Andy Morrison and I think it was Scott Roscoe as well, just to take over the, 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 the job. But it is surprising though, because I, I mean, a lot of us, I mean, it's not, it was, it was not just in Barry. I think uh, speaking to a few fans in different, various clubs, they were saying, oh, Andy's going to get it. Andy Morrison's going to get it. I mean, there is no way... You know that man could be overlooked, and and he did, but he was overlooked. But he's he's he stayed, you know, and he's given Connors Key their first Cymru Premier title or Welsh Premier League title, whatever you want to call it. You know, he beat Kilmarnock, and that was a shocking half. I mean, I remember watching that, and I just couldn't stop laughing because you know there was there was that there was that funny. Have you seen that video where it was just like the Scottish Kilmarnock fan? He's he's recording it and he's going, oh no, and I even booked. Belgrade for this oh my god and you know it's like well you're gonna have to jump on the flight with Andy and all the Konski boys because oh that was that was absolutely funny just to see that happen but it is great to see what Andy Morrison has done I think not just for Konski but just for Welsh football as well he's come and gone leave this with me and he's given him given us a breath of fresh air just to you know experience something new and exciting yeah I think you know he came in as assistant manager to Andy Priest at Airbus and I think he was you know, a bit reserved, you know, to what he was, you know, what he is now as a manager with 
because once you take over the club yourself, you know, you put your own stamp on it and, um, you know, and he has been a breath of fresh air, you know, up in the country, you hear him and, you know, and he's quite straightforward in his interviews, you know, there's no back um, and he wants to see, he was a winner, you know, I played against Andy, you know, when he was at Man City and, you know, he's a winner as a player um, and he's a winner as a manager and, you know, it's testament to what he's done there. Um, and I think in terms of Welsh not coming to Premier League managers moving up, I think, again, it's the, you know, the kudos of the league. A lot of people, you know, it's got to get across that the league, you know, is a good league. Um, and, you know, I think they need more opportunities. Uh, managers, you know, if they are successful, you know, Craig, what left TNS to go to Hartlepool, in difficult circumstances, you know they were they weren't financially sound at the time. Um, you know, unfortunately for Craig, you know he paid the price. You know for that, and you know I think people might look at that. Craig Harrison gone from there to Hartlepool, not successful. You know um, we've made redundant from there, so you know you're looking at it and going, do we take a chance? Um, yeah. So I, I think. You know, for the call, Andy Morrison's done being command according to Scottish you know, Ryan Brew Cup final. You know, he's won the league against all the odds. You know, for um, you know, for Connors Key. Um, you know, there are you know, Scottish coach done a tremendous job at TNS taking off from Craig, Colin Kay and Abala. You know, you mentioned Gavin Chesterfield. You know, there are you know great up and coming managers in 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 the coming Premier. And you know, the longer they stay in in our league, you know, the better it'll be for us. Yeah. Do you ever consider yourself going into management, or are you just happy to being, you know, writing columns and just being a sports journalist and just watching the game in the stands? Well, I managed the Welsh schools under 18s and Welsh colleges in the 19s, so I am, and you know, with my job in, you know, in college, then I, you know, do the the, um, the the college team as well. So I do, you know, dip my foot in the water, you know, at a youth level uh, with management, but you know, I enjoy the work I do for. You know, for the media with BBC and Scoria, and you know, I'd rather just pick up a microphone every, you know, every game rather than having to do training two, three times a week. Players phone them injured, or you know, going to try and sign players. But I, you know, in time maybe. But um, at this moment, in time I like uh, give my opinion and um, have yeah. a bit of you know, fern along the way, interviewing managers after games. Yeah, something like this, the what I'm doing now, just doing podcasts or just, you know, interviewing people and just loving it, you know, loving what they're saying, you know, and giving your opinions and asking questions then and just staying in the stands. I mean, I, I mean, I never do that as well. So, um, but it was, it's just amazing. Though. It's like, I'm always grateful when I'm doing these podcasts, you know, um, I'm always nervous when I ask people, you know, asking guests to come on the show. It's like, I mean, I was nervous, you know, I was shaking, just typing. I'm saying, hey, do you want to come on the show? You know, I mean, I've not got the finance or anything but uh, it's like if you can't ask you won't get you know so it, it's one of those things and it's that's why I'm always been grateful just to have you on the show and just talking about your playing career and you know talk about your past experience playing for these clubs and creating success you know being one of the you know the greatest Welsh Premier League players of all time you know so um so going back to me in my journalist mode you know um you left TNS to go back to Bangor. I think it was the fifth and la- final time. This is sort of a double question. 
Did you expect to retire at Bangor City? And did you think that your fifth spell with Bangor City was going to be the last uh, time you were going to play for them? Um, probably, yeah. I think it was Steve Bleach that was the manager at the time and he wanted me to be his assistant the following season, but not play. And I said, no, I want to carry on playing. And then I was in my contract, I was up as a player. And then he left. So um, Neville Powell took over. Um, and then I think I went to Newton. Yeah, I went to Newton after that. And then I had, you know, six months at Newton before uh, going to Rill. Um, and not the best news if you're a Bangor fan. Going from saying for Rill. Because with the North Wales derbies, you know, you go Bangor, Carnarvon, Rill. If you want to have Prestatin, yeah, go on and have Prestatin. But I mean, would Bangor City fans uh, feel betrayed if you if you went to Rill or gone to Carnarvon? Or which one would it have been? I think it'd be worse if you went to Carnarvon. Okay. Than Rill, because um, obviously because the distance, I think, it's eight, eight or nine miles between both, where Rill's about thirty-five miles okay. down the coast. Um, you know, I went back to Bangor with Rill and scored a couple and, you know, still had to go to the reception when I went back. Um, but I think Carnarvon is the main rival rather than Rill. You know, it's sad to see, you know, what's happened to them, you know, this season as well. Um, but, you know, again, you should go back. He's got, you know, good good reception every time. I went back with, you know, with any club playing, um, playing against Bangor, um, which was, you know, nice to see. After Real, you went back to Porth Maddock. Um, what was that like for you to go back to the club that you roughly first started at then? Yeah, it was good because I, I knew the manager, you know, Craig Wheelan, and he you know, asked me because I wasn't playing at Real. Um, and he said, fans are coming here. So I said, yeah. Um, so I went there and, you know, again, I, I enjoyed the football. I enjoyed that season. Um, and, you know, again, I scored, I think, about 27, 28 goals that season. Um and I think we got 35, 36 then. Um, so, you know, probably like an Indian summer of your career. And, you know, I went to Airbus the following season, you know, the season, um, A, because of the travelling from where I live in crew to Bathmada was, a, you know, um, a lot to do. And, you know, I went to Airbus and I think end of that season, the league split and, you know, they wanted to keep me on, um, but then on reduced terms. And I said, oh, no, I can't do that. Um so, you know, that that's when it was. I mean, literally then got, you know, BBC came calling, you know, part-time work for, and for BBC on a Saturday. And I thought, you know, this could be the way forward rather than playing football. Andy Cale was at TNS then, asked me to sign as cover for Newtown. And I went back there and played a handful of games, you know, on a Friday, Sunday, midweek games when, when available uh, for yeah. them. And, you know, that was it then. That was my Welsh Premier League career over. And at, uh, I just went back to Thamberis then and played, you know, helped you them home. back home yeah, and played, um, you know, local football. And just to, again, start of the season and end of the season when they had to load the games midweeks. Um, so that that's how it all ended. With Thamberis then, yeah, with Thamberis, um, what was that like for you to sort of like a fairy tale ending, you know, just to go home and finish off with your career with Thamberis and just feel like, you know what, I had a good, I had a good run and finishing off with Thamberis. That, that must have been 
sort of emotional for you and you know sort of personal for you because you know you're finishing off where you 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 you, you know where you grew up and you're playing for your local your local team really yeah you finish off playing with players I started off playing with um you know and you know, I went back there with Newtown in the Welsh Cup you know five or six years before that so it was um I've been back once um you know plus uh you know, and it was nice, you know, just to finish off there and, you know, to give something back um, to the club that all kicked it off for me. So a couple of final questions here for you then, uh, Mark. Um, so going on to Bangor City, but then we got the supporters with Bangor uh, 1876, I think uh, they're called. Um, what is your take on the situation that the supporters have split from Bangor City and now have gone on to form this new and promising club, you know, with Bangor City? Yeah, it's a shame. You know, it's a shame that it's happened. Um, you know, I, I don't know the ins and outs of what was going on. You know, um, at Bangor City at the time, and you know, I don't get into all the you know political stuff regarding it. Um, you know, it's a shame that you know there has been a divide. It's a shame that they couldn't work together with the new owners. Um, but I think they were a bit cheesed off with the previous owners, and you know, they made the choice. They made the decision, um, and good luck to them. Um, you know, obviously, I haven't been to watch either Bangor City or 1876 um, last season. So, you know, it's good that, you know, there is competition in the uh, in the city. Um, and, you know, maybe in a two or three years' time, they might be both in the same league. And that could be very interesting. Um, oh, you know what, I go just to see that happen. <laughs> but I think, you know, the... You know, Bangor have got the stadium, 1876 haven't. So, you know, again, there's a lot of um, work that needs to go into the 1876, which they are doing, um, into sort of racing, you know, the club up to, to I think the, the aim is coming to Premier. Um, and, you know, good luck to them um, trying to get there. With, um, with that in mind, uh, how would you, in your opinion... Uh, what do you think should be the next step for Cymru Premier in order to improve? I think that there's no better time now to move to summer football after with it, well within this pandemic. I, well, would, I, so I, would, yeah. I would now not start this new season until next February and play right. and play the full season February to or March to um, October November. As then the European the teams in Europe then halfway through the season they're not playing European games in pre-season um, you know the full throttle and it'll give a better chance of progressing through the European rounds we've seen you know Konski did last year you know we had the odd club doing it every other year but we need someone to get closer to that you know the group stages of the Europa League um, and you know I think you know playing through the summer. It's shown in Ireland, you know, Southern Ireland that, you know, I think Dundalk have done it, I think Shelbourne or Shamrock Rovers done it, you know, got into the group stages of the Europa League and, you know, the money he brings in, the kudos to the league, uh, the coefficient ranking goes up, so you're better off, you know, the following seasons. And, you know, they, I know you've got to nominate clubs for European football, you know, for the following season, but I think, well, all football in Wales has stopped, now grassroots and, you know, have a little mini 
mini leagues or mini tournaments going up to you know when football is safe to to return mm-hmm. back in you know say for example September to to November December have a couple of months off and then every league throughout Wales and starts February March and goes through through the summer so then I think the issues are well, what about the knock on effect on T three T four T five but if everyone now has had to stop because of the pandemic I think there's no better chance now to to move football in Wales um, to the summer period and you probably get better crowds through the summer with people taking families, longer nights, football league clubs, Premier League clubs not playing and you will, I think, the, at the end of the day, European progress would be would be better and you might get players then coming in on loan from football league and Premier League clubs to get the experience. Final question now for you then, Mark. How would you... Uh... How would you describe your career then, in a sentence or just in a, in a couple of words then for you? Uh, journeyman. Uh, <laughs> I think I've fucked <laughs> up a few miles, um, especially in Wales. I know a number of clubs I've had, um, but no, it's been, you know, uh, I would never change. Uh, you know what, what I've had as a, a career as a footballer has been fantastic. You know, ups and downs, um, and that's part and parcel of life and and being a, a footballer whatever level you're at you can have your ups you can have your downs and as long as you learn from those experiences then it makes you a better player and person and as long as you can, and if you can pass on your experiences then to other people then hopefully they'll become better players Well Mark thank you so much for joining the Dragon's Voice podcast it really means a lot for you to come on and just talk about your stories and your journey as a footballer you know and being one of the biggest names in Welsh football so thank you so much for coming on the show no problem. All right, cheers. Thank you very much. And guys, thank you so much for watching the Dragon's Voice podcast. I've been your host, Julie Rees-Deans. And thank you again, Mark, for coming on the show. And we will see you all very soon.